0: Hey, welcome to Big Fish Small Pod. I'm Andrew Wardall. Today is June 29th. Marlins last night faced off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Second game of their series in St. Louis. The third being tonight, 7.45 Eastern Time in Missouri. The Cardinals never really follow that, like, expected sort of, like, development cycle that teams go through. Um, I mean, to my eye, what they do is intelligently invest in good baseball. Um, Consistently just, like, putting that, like, top of the line in St. Louis. Along with just, like, a key, like, pitching nexus. Sort of like Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright. That, like, brain trust of veteran pitching, catching, that can help out, like, with any sort of pitcher that comes up. Like, there's not something that, like, Yadier Molina hasn't seen that they can't deal with. It's not like someone like Braxton Garrett comes up like a curveballer who, like, has to, like, come up and, like, establish himself, like, coming up to a St. Louis sort of organization. Braxton might have been, like, more quick to catch on with that curve and quick to catch on like and making those like really like confident pitches that he's been doing now that have been giving him that sort of success we've been seeing last night um tuesday night not quite what you hope to see from braxton at this point um it's certainly one of those like resetting nights he started out fairly strong in that like he was really showing this cardinals lineup that he belonged out there um but they really like caught up to him. Uh, Pretty apparent seemed to be in that like, fourth inning at bat against Paul Goldschmidt. It's hard to even talk about like, Cardinals hitters and Marlins hitters in comparison. Um, That's just been an ongoing thing throughout the years. I feel like every time we watch the Cardinals, we see some solid at bats. Um, And five runs really is like getting it done offensively. Um, three's kind of like getting something done, but I don't think you'd have any argument that the Cardinals had the more productive bats throughout the game Tuesday. And Carlson lifts a high fly ball. In the deep right, that ball is down. It's a crown rule double and the Cardinals have the lead. Then, what did he do here? Too much plate, And that is a great swing by Dylan Carlson. They're at him stay back. And just literally, instead of trying to pull it, he tries to stay inside it. But anyhow, Wednesday, new day. Um, Really, like, something I want to put a pin in for the podcast. Um, So there is a, like, ongoing, like, inquiry by, like, the Senate Judiciary Committee. um, And they've, like, reached out to the advocates for minor league baseball, um, requesting some, like, questions answered from them. Um, this advocacy organization, um, made up mostly of, like, former minor leaguers that have gone on in their life, uh, Harry Marino, to work in, like, the legal profession, um, while keeping, like, measures to the pulse of the state of the minor leagues, being that, like, this is a life that he lived, it's a, certainly, a, like, a passion Um, that he can certainly talk about, but he's throughout the years been working with organizations, talking with players and like publishing, uh, information on the status of like the minor league world, really saying that just in the sense that it's so much different than like the major league players world, much more, um, discrepancy and just like the income of players uh, and just the general like ability for these players to like find proper like housing and like nutrition and all of those things that like wouldn't necessarily be as difficult if they were not on that like contract uh, as exhibited by like the current state of the minor leagues Um, really like the thing in question is the antitrust exemption of major league baseball um it's given this status as like free from monopoly here's america's permission to be the uh baseball of the land uh and the minor leagues are like integral to that in like the legal understanding but what we're getting to today is this, like, point where the Senate is, has turned back around and is starting to ask, like, whether or not they should have this exemption that's been there for a hundred years. But now they're asking Harry Marino, like, um, what effect does the entry trust exemption have on the instance of lockouts, work stoppages at the Major League Baseball level, What impact do those incidents have on minor league players and teams? Um, They also go on to say that Major League Baseball requires all minor league players to sign a Major League Uniform Player Contract. What role? If any, does Major League Baseball's antitrust exemptions play in enabling this conduct? And please discuss the impact of the antitrust exemption on the negotiation of minor league players' length of contract, wages, housing, and other working conditions. What effect would removing the antitrust exemption have on minor league player working conditions? And if a more tailored approach, like extending the Curt Flood Act, to cover minor league players was taken, what would be impacted? Essentially, they are asking, what is going on here? Um, And should we, like, mandate onto it as far as, like, extending certain coverages to minor leaguers or what have you there it does get to the point and the senate committee does dig deeper into like um uh, like and they themselves identify quote rampant corruption and abuse in the market of international prospects um giving performance enhancing drugs to teenagers for shady dealings between scouts and trainers And further stating that, like, Major League Baseball, uh, in lobbying for the Save America's Pastime Act, which was necessary to prevent minor league contraction, according to Major League Baseball, um, they got to call out that Major League Baseball, despite its enactment of that SAPA Act uh, prior to the 2021 baseball season, dozen of minor league teams lost their affiliation with major league baseball clubs as a result of the organization. Reorganization of the minor leagues, basically kind of calling um but kind of to air that action by Major League Baseball and in a way questioning the authority of Major League Baseball to express exactly well, exactly the truth on these, uh, matters and what they're doing for baseball. It's just, like, a really interesting, um, letter to be released. Certainly, like, the optics of, like, oh, this advocate for minor leaguers, uh, (laughs) revealing the the questions that the senators asked is very much, like, a, um, sort of, like, come look at me sort of moment. Um, so kind of, like, if you want to, uh, both sides it so to speak you could certainly like take some real link shots at that but the like the reality is um that this senate is interested in exploring this issue further and they're taking all these perspectives into consideration as they go about making um well kind of as we all go about making just a better future for ourselves and for the sport we impacted ourselves. So, um, yeah, anyways, for the podcast today, I've been Andrew Wardall. Uh, figure sign off, leave you for that 7.45 game. Um, not a whole lot to say to update you before this one. Um, but yeah, just a lot to share with that letter. To the advocates for minor leaguers, um, <clears throat> should be really like shifting stuff throughout the major leagues and the minor leagues in the years ahead. Like if somehow everyone has to significantly invest in their minor league system, fully like supporting like the like cost of living and the financials for these minor league players, the implications could be pretty great for your major league teams. Um, not in the sense that it would be like backbreaking for their finances, but in the sense that it would be like a real commitment, think, uh, thinking like the tens of millions. Maybe more for like some real sustainable solutions. Perhaps paid for over years. And anyhow, today is Wednesday, June 29th. Marlins will face the Cardinals to get out of St. Louis. Sandy's on the mount. Game starts at 745 uh for the Fish Stripes podcast. I'll be here with you on Friday.